0: Welcome to Light for Living. My name is Pat Kilby. I am the pastor at Cary First Baptist Church in Cary, North Carolina. Light for Living is a podcast designed to share biblical truth from a fresh perspective with an emphasis on relevant and practical application for our life. So, currently, we're teaching through the book of Revelation. Last week, we were in Revelation 15. Today, we're walking through Revelation 16. So, I want to read Revelation 16 1 through 21. Then, we're going to take a, a closer look at it, and then we're going to get ready for um, Revelation chapter 17. Revelation chapter 17 is uh, literally going to be the the what leads us into uh, the battle of Armageddon, and so uh, the actually Revelation 16 uh, is the last the last thing Jesus does to redeem the earth back to Himself. Then uh, 17, 18, and following, we're going to see the armies of the world. They are going to come. Uh, together in one place, there's going to be a huge battle and then Jesus is going to proclaim victory and, uh, we'll enter into the millennium. And then after that, uh, the great white throne judgment, and then it'll be eternity forever and ever. But right now we're not in eternity forever and ever. We're in this thing called life on the earth and we are preparing, um, and understanding that this seven year period called the tribulation is, is coming, and I believe that uh, the rapture could come at any time. I also believe that we need to be prepared. Uh, I also believe that, um, oh, it, it's just a horrible thing for those who uh, are going to be living during the tribulation time, and as much suffering, pain, destruction, and death that's already happened previously to verse or chapter uh, sixteen of Revelation. Uh, these, lev- these last seven uh, bowls containing the wrath of God are, are horrific. No one wants to experience this. So let's read Revelation 16, 1 through 21. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, go and pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. The first went and poured out his bowl on the earth, and severely painful sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and who worshiped the image. So I'm going to do this a little different. Instead of reading all 21 verses, we're going to look at the bowl. I'll make some comments, then we'll go to the second bowl. So um, when this first bowl of God's wrath is poured out, it's poured out on the earth, and severely painful sores will break out on those who have received the mark of the beast and worshiped its image. Now, here's the deal. During the tribulation, eventually to buy or sell, to be employed, to make a living, uh you're going to have to take the mark of the beast on your forehead or in your right hand. And those who don't take the mark, they will receive punishment. It will be very hard. Many of them will die. But understand this, when this bowl of wrath is poured out, you know, taking the mark of the beast for a moment, might, it might prevent, provide bread for a moment. But serving the living God, it provides peace and prosperity for, for eternity. So these people, they trusted in the Antichrist, and they took his mark, and they worshiped him so they could eat for a moment. They chose to eat for a moment. I remember uh, Hebrews talks about Moses. He chose rather to suffer the affliction of God's people than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a moment or a season. The same thing's going on here. Those who chose um, the easy path, the path to, to food and prosperity, and who chose to live in the moment, this wrath, this bowl of God's wrath, will end up in severely painful sores. They will break out only on the people who had the mark of the beast and who worshiped his image. So that's, that's the first bowl of wrath. Now, I, I do want you to understand these are rapid succession. One happens right after another because we're at the end of the seven years. It's, it's coming to a, a quick end. So the last season of the seven-year tribulation in the last half, there's going to be severe... Severely painful sores. The second bowl, the second poured out his bowl into the sea. It turned to blood like that of a dead person, and all life in the sea died. So we know in the earlier in the other seals that were broken, we we saw that a third of the waters were bitter and had changed and turned to blood, and and this, that, and the other. That's not the case now. Now all the water. In the sea, has turned to blood. It is, it's poisonous. It's no good. So just imagine you have festering, painful sores. You can't even find water to to cool yourself, to clean yourself. The sea's been turned to blood. Then we go to the third bowl. The third angel poured his bowl out into the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. I heard the angel of the waters say, you are just the holy one who is and who was because you have passed judgment on these things because they poured out the blood of the saints and the prophets. You have given them blood to drink. They deserve it. I heard the altar say, yes, Lord God, the almighty true and just are your judgments. So this third bowl is in reference to the fact that these people who have the mark of the beast, they have. They have caused suffering to the people of God. They have caused them to suffer. They have killed them. The voices of the people under the altar, they've been crying out. In the fifth seal, they cried out, oh, you know, how long, O Lord? How long until you repay? And right now, he's repaying. They poured out, uh, because they poured out the blood of the saints and the prophets, God has given them blood to drink. And John says they deserve it. Verse 7, I heard the altar say, yes, Lord God, the Almighty, true and just are your judgments. So Jesus is redeeming the world back to himself, and now the sea has turned to blood. Everything, every life form in it is dead. The third poured out his bowl into the rivers and springs of water. They became blood. And this blood, it's once again a form of the severe judgment of God upon the unbelieving People on the earth, the fourth bowl, the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun. The sun was allowed to scorch people with fire and people were scorched by the intense heat. So they blasphemed the name of God who has the power over these plagues. And they did not repent and give him glory. Can you imagine that? The sun now is allowed to scorch people with fire. And people were scorched by the intense heat. So they blasphemed the name of God. They don't repent. It's not in their heart to repent. It's not in their heart to have humility. They blasphemed the name of God who has the power over these plagues. They did not repent, and they did not give him glory. You know, I think I talked about this maybe last week, but in Romans chapter 1, those who do not glorify God And show him gratitude. He turns those people over to foolish thinking. And foolish thinking exchanges the truth of God for a lie. These people refuse to give glory to God. They refuse to show gratitude. They refuse to repent. And because they refuse to repent. They are experiencing the full extent of God's wrath. So now there's boils on their skin boils on their body, they have no water to drink, all the living inhabitants of the sea are dead, now they're being scorched with heat, now the fifth angel comes out and pours his bowl on the throne of the beast, and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues because of their pain and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores but they did not repent of their works. So the fifth poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast. And the throne of the beast is literally uh, the idea that he is uh, thrusting down his judgment on the financial, economic uh, kingdom that uh, the Antichrist has set up. So it's just a horrific time. Um, you know, lots of times we put our, our faith and our trust in what we, what we can hold. Sometimes it's our money. Sometimes it's our possessions. Sometimes it's our job, our health, our, our, our whatever. Well, those who were trusting on the power of the Antichrist to save them, the fifth bowl that's poured out, uh, he's destroying uh, the throne of the beast and its kingdom. The throne of the beast and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. This is not worldwide darkness. Only the beast, his throne, and his kingdom are affected. This kind of reminds us of the fifth trumpet in Revelation 9, two and the ninth plague in Exodus 10, 21 through 23. Where's the throne of the beast? His image is in the temple of Jerusalem, so that may be the center of his operation, or perhaps he's ruling from Rome in cooperation with the apostate church. That is headquartered there. When God sent the ninth plague to Egypt, the entire land was dark except for where the Israelites lived. The judgment of the fifth bowl is just the opposite. There's light for the world, but darkness reigns at the headquarters of the beast. So, in other words, God is saying, You want to know what the problem is? The problem is the Antichrist, his kingdom, his world, his economic system, his political system, his religious system. He's the prophet, or he's the problem. He's not God. So there's darkness in the kingdom of the beast. And while there's darkness, once again, the sun has scorched the people on the earth. There's no clean, no pure water. There are boils on the bodies of of those who carry the mark of the beast. They are in such pain, they are gnawing their tongues They're gnawing their tongues in pain, and they continue to blaspheme the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, but still yet, they do not repent. Now, let me just add this. They ought to know if darkness is only falling upon the kingdom of of the beast. They ought to know he's the problem, but I'm telling you, when we have an unrepentant heart and we have a bitter spirit, it's hard to see the truth. So now we get to the sixth bowl. The sixth bowl, or the sixth angel, poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. So there's going to be this huge battle, and it's going to, it's going to, they're going to march right down through the Euphrates that's dried up. Verse 13, Then I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming from the dragon's mouth. So the dragon is Satan from the beast's mouth, and from the mouth of the false, false prophets. So the unclean spirits are from the unholy trinity, the mouth of Satan, which is the dragon, the mouth of the Antichrist, which is the beast, and the mouth of the false prophet. Verse 14, For they are demonic spirits performing signs, who travel to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle on the great day of God the Almighty. Look, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who is alert and remains clothed so that he may not go around naked and people see his shame. So they assembled the kings at the place called in Hebrew Armageddon. So these spirits coming out of uh, the dragon, the beast and the false prophet, they're going to go to the kings of the earth and they're going to convince these kings of the earth to um to garner their battles for army and or their armies for battle, and they're going to meet, and all these armies are going to come against God on that great day, and we'll see that later on in the Revelation. So um, the Euphrates is dried up. These demonic spirits go, and they uh, have the power to perform signs. They travel to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for the battle on the great day of God. So now we have the seventh bowl. The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne saying, it is done. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder, and a severe earthquake occurred like no other since people have been on the earth. Now, in the, Reve- in, in, uh, in the tribulation, there have been some massive earthquakes. The sky has been separated and, and torn apart. But this is, that is nothing compared to what's what's happening now when this seventh bowl is poured out. When the seventh bowl is poured out, there are flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a severe earthquake occurred like no other since people have been on the earth. So great was the quake, so great was the quake, the great city split into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. Babylon the great was remembered in God's presence. He gave her the cup filled with the wine of his fierce anger. Every island fled and the mountains disappeared. Enormous hailstones, each weighing about 100 pounds, fell from the sky on people, and they blasphemed God for the plague of hail because that plague was extremely severe. Wow. That is, that's just incredible. Even though they are experiencing such pain, hardship, and difficulty, their hearts are so hardened they will not turn. They will not turn back to God. So literally, what's happening here? Satan's entire system is is about to be judged by God. His religious system, the political and economic system, and his military system. The great city uh, in Revelation sixteen nineteen is most likely Jerusalem. Uh, matter of fact, the prophet Zechariah prophesied an earthquake that would change the topography of Jerusalem in Zechariah 14.4. But the idea here is that Babylon would fall. The beast's great economic system which subjugated the people of the world to, uh, to the Antichrist's agenda, this would be completely destroyed by God. This judgment is reminiscent of the seventh plague in Egypt in Exodus 9:22 through 26 just as Pharaoh and the Egyptians' leaders and the Egyptian leaders didn't repent, so the earth dwellers will not repent. In fact, they will blaspheme God. No wonder the hail stones comes for blasphemers who are, because in, uh, in the Old Testament, anyone who blasphemed the name of God according to Leviticus 24 sixteen they were stoned. so last but not least, because these people continue to blaspheme God, he's sending down hail hail that <laughs> that hailstones that are 100 pounds. Now, I can tell you about hailstones. Um, When we lived out in Oklahoma, two times, both times coming out of Texas in the spring of the year, we'd been down to, to the Dallas area, coming back two different times, we were in horrific storms, and hail the size of baseballs and softballs rained down on us. I remember the first time the hail started coming down, I got out of the car, I pulled over to the side of the road and pulled out, and I I picked up a, um, a piece of hail that had fallen from the sky, and it was about half the size of a golf ball. Little did I know, in less than 15 minutes, our car would nearly be destroyed. Our car would nearly be destroyed by hailstones that were the size of baseballs and softballs, and I remember pulling into a car lot and, um, and getting under some, some shed and some covering, I remember looking out into the car lot. All the cars were destroyed. The, the windows were bashed out, but I looked over to the side of the car lot and there was a pasture with horses in it and there was no shed. The horses were just running around like crazy and they were being battered by these hailstones the size of a baseball and a softball the second time we were coming out of Dallas I looked up into the sky and I said honey and we'd had a car we had a we got a brand new car it was it wasn't even six weeks old and I said honey it looks like a tornado could come out of this storm and it wasn't 30 seconds later we were not only in a we weren't in a snowstorm we were in a hailstorm. hail the size of softballs battered our our car all to pieces we just had to pull over, and, just, and we took a beating. Now, that was horrific. It was horrific, the sound and the damage. But I remember talking to Angela and telling her, wow, what if people are out walking around and they had no place for cover? These would kill them. These stones would kill them. The full extent of God's wrath, going back to Leviticus, anyone that blasphemes God, They would be stoned to death. He is now the full extent of his wrath. Hailstones, 100, that weigh 100 pounds, are falling on the earth, and they still blaspheme God for the plague of hail because that plague was extremely severe. So now things are, are coming to an end. We're going to get into Revelation 17 next week. And Revelation 17 is, um, it, it kind of carries on from Revelation 16. Revelation seventeen one says, then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and spoke with me, come and I will show you the judgment of the notorious prostitute who is seated on many waters. The notorious prostitute is this idea that, well, it's a false religious system. It's a, it's a. It's an ideology that I can do my thing, I can live my way and and I'm good. There's one way that's good and that is God's way. We honor him, we follow him. He is the master, he is the king, he is the judge, he's the creator. We are that which is created. When we that which has been created recognize, give glory to and show gratitude To the Lord, to the master, to the maker, to the judge, he honors us. But if we're not going to show gratitude or glorify the creator, the master, the king, and the judge, then we're going to live our own way. And that's literally what Revelation is talking about. It's the great prostitute, the idea, the false religion that I can live and believe what I want to and it be okay. It's not okay. And judgment is coming and that is going to be destroyed. Revelation 16 is leading us up to that. We're going to see that the religious system, the economic system, uh, the political system of the Antichrist is going to be destroyed. But once again, these three demonic spirits have been loosed. They can perform uh, miraculous signs. They're going to convince the kings of the world to gather their armies together, and they're going to march down the Euphrates, and they're going to come to the uh, uh, the Valley of Megiddo, and that's where—and uh, we'll get into all that next week. But just know um, you don't want to be here during the Great Tribulation. Um, so pray. Pray for the people that you know. Talk to the people that you know. Have gospel conversations and share with them about the good news that, that Jesus saves. So Revelation begins—Revelation 16 begins with a voice coming out of the temple commanding the seven angels to go— and pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. As Revelation 16 ends, Revelation 17 begins, one of the same seven angels who had the seven bowls, he said, come, I'll show you the judgment of the notorious prostitute. God's wrath is going to fall on those who, who did not follow him, trust him, know him, or worship him. Well, that's it for Revelation 16. Next week, once again, we'll begin Revelation 17. Thank you for listening to the podcast this week. I want to encourage you to continue listening and invite your family and friends, uh, neighbors, co-workers, and acquaintances to join us as we continue to study the book of Revelation. Hope you have a great week, and thanks for joining us today on Light for Living.